How often do you look for treasure in life scars? In what ways can we look after our mental and emotional health? And who are you having open and honest conversations with? Welcome to the Kintsugi Hope Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Kintsugi Hope Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, if you're still in isolation, hope that's going well. We're right now getting one day of filming in and then we're all going into lockdown, so that's fun. Um, today, I am with Daph. How are you? Tell Hi. us who you are. How do we know you? How do I know you? How do you know Kintsugi Hope? <laughs> right, my name's Daph um, Regan. I'm, I suppose I'm most famous for being Patrick's mum. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm Daph and I work at the local hospice and I have a daughter, Becky, who is also a nurse who works in ITU. So at the moment in time, she's frontline mm. um, where all the action is. Yeah, very busy life right now. How's it going? It's going quite difficult for me because um, I'm, I'm out of contact, well, not really out of contact, but I can't see some of the most, well, the most important people in my life, my mm. grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like I had a big, birthday celebration coming up so I feel like I've just been cancelled yeah, <laughs> so many you. things going away special events cancel cancel cancelled so <laughs> that's where I'm at at the moment yeah um well thank you for coming along thank you for taking time out of your day to come to the podcast what we do in all the Kasuga courses and in these podcasts we do an icebreaker to start off with okay. and I was looking out to the food giveness icebreaker and it is if you are an animal what animal would you be and why? <laughs> um, I think I might be a, a dog today. Today, okay, today well. I would be a dog because um, I was looking at my dog this morning who is totally oblivious <laughs> to what is going on in the world around her and so excited because she's having so many walkies, um, so many treats because we just want to love her because we haven't got our grandchildren. <laughs> Um, so I think today I'd be a dog because they give so much love and they receive so much love. Nice. I was thinking about mine. I think it normally is a wolf, <laughs> I think, because I like how they're pack animals. So you've got, you've got a group of people around you and they seem just pretty cool, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. No very deep reason like yours, like they get love, mine's just, <laughs> they look cool. Yeah. Um, so today we're looking at forgiveness. Yes. What would you say forgiveness is? Gosh, how can you sum up forgiveness? I think it's it's lots of there's lots of different things, but for me personally, it was having to um, work through a lot of pain and letting go, mm. really. Yeah, so we're gonna look into that a lot today. Um, and if you've watched When Faith Gets Shaken or if you've heard an interview before, you've had a very you had a very disrupt, um, unusual childhood, some would say. Yes. Would you mind giving some context to all this? Okay. Well, um, I, I was one of three. I was the oldest child of um, three. I have two brothers, one who died a few years back and one who is currently in hospital. Mm. Um, I grew up in a very violent family. And my, um, my dad, he had been in a concentration camp during the war and had numerous mental health issues that had never been diagnosed in that if you looked at him the wrong way or you said a wrong word the whole house would be smashed up 
including you if you were in the, in the wrong place at the wrong time. So very violent, very poor. Uh, my dad used to drink. He, was, he wasn't alcoholic, but very borderline alcoholic. Mm. So most of the money that could have been used for food was used for um, booze, really. Yeah. Um, and obviously there was lots of violence in the home. My mum was hospitalised quite a lot mm. through um, violent outbursts by my dad. So my sort of childhood was a bit of a mixture of being frightened of my dad because if mum wasn't on the um, receiving end of his um, anger, I was, my t and shielding my two brothers who were mm. younger than me and one who had been chronically sick from, from quite a young baby. Um, so, you know, it, there was a lot of fear. There was also a lot of, as I got a bit older as a girl, because I couldn't have nice clothes, because I did smell, because yeah. we didn't have anything to wash with. Um, I, I was um, excluded from school groups and all sorts of things because I was so dirty, yeah. really. But, um, so it was difficult as a young girl growing up. Yeah. Um, and then, watching other people that seemingly had normal lives but I didn't really know what normal was mm. as I was growing up. To me normal was violence, um, poverty uh, and, and fear really. Mm. But fear over, over um, ridden really by the need to protect um, yeah. my mum and my brothers mm. I guess. And when we look further down your story, your whole story is a very forgiving story. But yes. in this season, <clears throat> in this season as a child, and all this going on in your life, was there any sort of thought of okay, one day, I'm going to need to feel this emotional pain? What's this causing? Not only with your father, but also with being isolated from friendship groups and everything. In that season you were in, what kind of emotions were you feeling? What was what was your thought process in that all? Then, in the heart of it, my thought process is really um, surviving yeah. and trying to see that someday there would be an end to it. Mm. One day I wouldn't have a beautiful Christmas present that my dad had stolen. Mm. I would have things that weren't going to be taken back as soon as they were given to me. I sort of saw a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I, from a quite an early age, I, I had an awareness that, it, that I wasn't just a physical being. Yeah. That there was a, um, a spiritual part of me, a physical, mm. uh, psychological part of me. I had a, an awareness of that from quite early on. Um, so I would, I would sort of disappear into that sometimes, the, the spiritual part. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, all very, very tough, very, very hard. Mm. Um, but I can, I can smile now. Yeah, so your um, dad ended up getting a strain order, that's correct? Yes, um, yes. How old were you when that happened? That was about, I was between 10 and 12. 10 and 12. And then your teenage years, um, what was your, you didn't see your dad, but what was your thought process? What was your emotions towards your father? What was My emotions father? towards my father was um, nothing. Nothing at all, no um, Relief when he finally left the house, yeah. um, but also that bit of fear that he would come back again. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember feeling quite concerned if I ever had to leave my mum on her own. Okay, yeah. um, 
And then one day I did and um, I was out with my brothers and I had um, police come to find me because my dad had returned and put my mum in hospital. Mm. So um, there was always that, that bit of fear. Yeah. Um, but as the years went by, it, and we just didn't hear anything from him, where he was, mm. where he'd gone. Um, sudden, slowly, mm. we began to relax. Um, mm. That it was over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, and um, further along down your life, you then got reconnected with your dad. How old were you then? I, oh gosh, by then I was married and mm. I had um, Patrick and Becky. Um, so I was probably about in my 30s. Okay, yeah. I, I know it was about 26 years mm. since I'd actually seen him. Yeah, so between that moment, we'll come to in a minute, and when your dad left, and then when you got married and when you had kids, how did you, um, how can you, looking back, did your relationship with your father affect all of that? The rest of, did it, did, can you see in your life, okay, was there a point in my life where you had to let go of some pain before you met your dad to be able to, to, to then don't carry this pain when you're having children and when you're being a parent yourself? Okay. Um, yes, but it wasn't actually until um, I had a call from him mm that I faced up to it. Okay, yeah. um, it's very easy in the business of life to, to put mm. things down. Yeah. And I find that with my, with my work and with my job, we can mm. go through all of life um, and we can push things mm. down all the time. And I think that's what I did. Yeah. I just pushed it down, pushed it down, pushed it down. I, I probably, um, I was overwhelmed when I had my children. Um, mm. And I think that you can't love anybody too much, but yeah. in a, they, they main, main, mainly they were covered in lipstick because I'd kissed them so much yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, but so I, I pushed it all down, and then one night out of the blue, a phone call came, and it was. Do you want me to carry on yeah, with that now? On, yes, it on, was um, a call from a lady whose actual, actual name was Daphne, who had been living with my dad for a number of years. Mm. Um, she said that he'd had a stroke um, and he was asking for me. Out of the blue this came, mm. for me. And um, he wanted to see me. And gosh, you, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could even put into words the emotions that I mm. felt at that moment in time. Mm. Um, fear, oh, just all sorts of things, crowding mm. and crowding and crowding. And, but I agreed to go and see him. Yeah. Um, that must be, was that an easy decision? Or was that...? I, it, no, it wasn't easy. Mm. But somewhere deep down, because of my faith and because in that interim time I'd become a Christian, mm. so because of my faith, I knew I had to do it. Yeah. I knew I had to do it. And I knew that, that this was now a time that I'd got to face up to what had been buried yeah. <laughs> for a long, long time. How, how long was it between the it, time your dad um, came, um, you, don't, you got that phone call and then you went to see your dad? It was probably only about a week okay, yeah. because he discharged himself. He, oh, okay. he was cannulated and had drips going all the rest of it, which he mm. ripped out of himself and he discharged himself home. Okay. So um, we decided he was living in Norfolk Yeah. Um, and I went and spoke to my mum and my mum wanted to come as well. 
So there was me, my mum, my husband, and my children, Patrick mm. and Becky. We all went to see him. And what was that like? Um, when I first saw him, I wouldn't have recognised him if I'd mm. seen him out in the street. Because in my mind's eye, he was um, a very handsome guy with thick black hair. And before me was a little shriveled up man, yeah. old man, um, with white hair. And his, one side of his face had, had dropped because of the, the stroke. So I, 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 didn't, I wouldn't have recognised him if I'd seen him out in the street. And mm. I think because of, um, because of the years of nursing that mm. I'd done, I went a bit into nursing mode yeah. and thought, oh, the poor man, he's had a stroke. And yeah, so this, all this hate, what you realise, when you saw him and you saw um, the condition he was in, mm. did that hate suddenly go? Or? No, no, no. And um, what had happened the night before we went, um, I said to my husband, because as I tried to sleep, I could actually see one of the rooms where he abused me. Mm. I could even see the wallpaper. Mm. I could remember the wallpaper. And I said to my husband, I, I really don't know if I can do this. Mm. Um, and so we talked it through into the early hours and then my husband prayed for me. Mm. And I just felt that I had the strength then to do that. So at the same time, I knew that when I saw him, I was going to have to say to him, I forgive you. Yeah. For me personally, it wasn't enough just to think, oh, I've forgiven him in my heart. I knew I had to say yeah. it because there is power in words. And, you know, I knew that if I could say it, it would bring a release. Yeah. Um, so I, I went, um, we stood together and, as, and, and it was choking me, really. It was mm. like, I want to put it not quite mm. coming out properly. But as we were about to leave, my husband said, I really think we should pray together. Yeah. So the kids and, um, and all of us stood in a circle and we prayed. Mm. And I just went up to my dad and I just said to him, Dad, I just want you to know mm. that I forgive you. You know, I've become a Christian. I have life. I'll forgive you for what you did yeah. for me. And did you feel instantly that release? Did he feel something in that moment? Was it more looking back? I that it took a while for you to feel that release of hate. It, it was a bit of both, really. Mm. In a way, it felt yes, I've done it. Yeah. Um, but over the the weeks and months that afterwards, I knew, mm. I knew, without a doubt, um, that I'd done it. And obviously, from the Christian perspective, you know that forgiveness is something that that harms you yeah. more than it harms the other person, really. Um, and, you know, there's no doubt about it as a Christian, you have mm. to forgive. Yeah. Um, but the, the practicalities of working that all out are much, much harder. What was really significant and what brought, I think, a lot of healing to the situation is that Patrick had won a, um, a football medal. Um, and he was very proud of it, very mm. proud of this medal around his neck um, to go and meet my dad. And, I f and he found, uh, we, we saw that he took the medal off and he said, Grandad, I want you to have mm. this medal. He didn't realise as, as a young boy the significance of that. Mm -hmm. But all through my dad's life, he'd loved anything military. Yeah. He'd loved the, the medals. He'd stolen loads of medals and he wore them mm. as they were his own. So by Patrick giving him that medal, yeah. that was very significant. Yeah. 
to him. Um, and so we left and um, there was release. I felt a lot lighter in myself, um, but it didn't finish there for me. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Bible, if you believe the Bible as God's word, then you believe it totally. Mm. You don't believe bits of it that suit you. Mm. And there's a part of the, um, the Bible that says that you honour your mm. mother and your father. Yeah. And it doesn't give conditions to that. Yeah. It doesn't say if they haven't abused you or if they're nice yeah. to you or the rest, you honour them. And if you do, things are good for you, mm. things are well for you. And I thought to myself after this, do you know, I've never honoured my dad. I've hated him most of my life. Yeah. And I have no reason to honour him. Mm. <laughs> um, but I couldn't get rid of that. So I wrote him a letter and I said to him, Dad, as much as I've been able to forgive you, I now want to ask your forgiveness because I've never honoured you as my father. Wow. Um, and I'm so sorry about that. And now, you know, I'm a Christian and my faith is so important to me. Um, I want to ask you to forgive me. He then wrote me a letter back and for the first time in all of my life, he said, I have, lo I have always loved you. Mm. And I have to believe that he meant mm. that. Um, what, you know, one of the really big problems that, that I had it during my childhood was that my dad was a compulsive liar. Yeah. And compulsive liars believe what they say to be true. Yeah. So he believed what he said was true. So I never knew what was truth and what wasn't truth. So, um, I, but with this forgiveness, I had to, I had to believe that my dad said that he'd always mm. loved me. I don't think he, he got it really because after that I started to get letters and calls from him very trying to almost bring back a measure of control into my mm. life um, which obviously I didn't allow to happen mm. but you know telling me how I should be mm. living really and looking after my mum and which I was anyway, but you know, it yeah. just, he was trying to yeah. bring back a bit of control yeah. on my life, but I didn't allow that to happen. I could see what was happening. And, um, and then eventually he passed away, he died. Mm. And, um, and I knew, I knew that I had to ask if I could speak at his funeral. So um, at his funeral, I just gave a tribute to my dad. Mm. And I said to people, um, I, want, I want to honour my dad today because mm. he gave me life. Mm. And I couldn't think of anything else he'd done for me. I obviously didn't say that, but, yeah. but he gave me life. And yeah. because I had life, I had my husband, yeah. my two precious, precious children. You know, he, and because of him, mm. I had that because he had given me life. Yeah. And I said that at his funeral. It was a very military funeral. We had the um, bands and all sorts of stuff going on. But after that, Mum and I, we just stood at the side of his grave and we both looked at each other. Mm. And I said to Mum, it's finished, mm. it's finished. And we both knew mm. that that was it. It is finished, yeah. you know? So um, amazing, amazing. Um, events really amazing the work of <coughs> of God in my life yeah. um, to be able to do that um, I pray very much that 
and, and I can see that my children have learned also from That's that. Fine. Just hold that. My children yeah. have also learned from that. Um, because forgiveness is, is different things to different people. Yeah. And it's not a one-off thing. It's, you know, we have to, we it's have to it's forgive. It's, yeah. not, it's not an option. Um, and it does us a lot, lot more harm if we hold on to things. Yeah, I once heard um, it being described as this. If you don't forgive, forgive. And if you try and take revenge instead, it's like a snake, a venomous snake biting you. Mm. And forgiving, forgiving is trying to sort out the poison. And not forgiving is just cutting the snake off. Mm-hmm. You've cut the snake, but you're still gonna get, you're still gonna die from this poison if you don't get that sauce. I think yeah. that's what forgiving yeah, yeah. forgiveness is. Yeah, that's um, good. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We really that's appreciate okay. that. If there's one tip to people who are trying to forgive or trying to learn how to forgive, what would that be? Well, I guess. <coughs> Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think writing things down helps a lot. Mm. Um, but I would just say, I've, I've spent now in my life almost hundreds of times with people that I've worked through forgiveness with, people that have suppressed mm. stuff all their lives, mm. and even people at the very end of their lives. Mm. These terrible, you know, they yeah. have to do it. In fact, yesterday I had a call from one of my friends at work saying, Daph, I need to sit with you and work through forgiveness Mm. for my dad. Um, So when you do it, it's tough, it's hard. And, you know, get people to help you as well. Don't don't be ashamed that, you know, you're feeling like that. It's a a human emotion. Get things people to be beside you and work it through it may be that you have to do little by little um, it may be God deals with us all in very yeah. very different ways and we have to submit to what he's doing um, but I rejoice today I am happy today because my dad's not here I know I, I forgave him and I know that I honoured him mm. and I hope just through what I'm saying, I'm just hoping and praying it, it yeah. helps somebody else. I think it will. Thank you so much for coming You're on. You're welcome. And You're thank welcome. everyone for watching and listening to Casino Podcast. Um, if you could like, subscribe, share, if this helped you, and we'll catch you next month. God bless. Goodbye.